Welcome. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. I mean, good evening, everyone, and welcome as we uh, continue our Bible study. Uh, we've been uh, uh, started the first epistle of uh, St. Peter and one of the Catholic epistles, as we talked before, uh, meaning it is not uh, directed towards certain uh, person or certain church, but for everyone, we talked about that it is uh, sent to those who are, as we, we talked about it last time, talked about it, that they sent to those who are uh, sojourners who are scattered all over the place. And as you understood also, that this is part of being uh, under certain kind of tribulation and persecutions. So St. Peter, uh, taking the command from the Lord himself, if you remember, we talked about that, that he told him that whenever you are back, go and strengthen your brethren. And also talking to him after appearing to him to the, in, uh, after the resurrection and telling him, go and do what, feed my sheep, right? Shepherd them, which is actual, the actual meaning is feed, feed them, give them the food that they need, make them strong. So out of this, and out of this uh, uh, um, uh, commandment and love and care, St. Peter is talking and sending the first and the second to the people in order to, uh, again, to strengthen them, to make them all uh, understand, again, a few things as we are discussing it together. Last time, we actually took our time and just uh, going through verse one and two, right? Verse one or two, I think so, right? Uh, which is basically, again, uh, the, the idea of of uh, understanding what does it mean to be sojourners? What does it mean to be scattered? Uh, and what does it mean to be uh, elected? Elected, right? And we talked about that the election and that the choice is for everybody, right? But then it's up to us whether we take this invitation or not, whether we say yes to the invitation or not. And based on that, as if you if you remember talking about it last time, we we talked about uh, the the understanding of the 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 grace and the peace that is multiplied to them specifically multiplied to them because they are in need for a multiple and for abundance of of grace and of peace as they are going through the the uh, tribulation and uh, uh, persecution that they are going through. Uh, so let's read it again. Again, you have my, 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 what I'm reading here is a little bit different than the screen I read from the ESV. Uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And we talked again about the, we talked in, in depth about the idea of the, the, the work of the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as we can see it in verse 2 here, that it's all uh, for the sanctification. We are sanctified by the Holy Spirit in order to obey. And what we talked about last time is again, Lots of times we take it the other way around, right? Like we want to obey and then we can't obey, right? Again, the question that we always said, how many times and how often we are saying, okay, you know, God, I promise you I'll do this, right? Again, God will do whatever, God will do whatever. And then after a while he goes, well, it's very hard and we can't continue to obey. And what we were talking about before is that what we're missing is the, the work of the Holy Spirit in us, the work that sanctifies the heart, right? For the obedience of the Holy Spirit. And as we talked about it also last time, we talked about the idea of that God is the foundation, right? The Holy Spirit is the sphere and the, 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 
the goal is the obedience, the goal of the obedience uh, to Jesus Christ himself. With that, talking about or starting the what we call the body of this of the of the epistle itself the body of the epistle itself but before that as we said before and as we said in the first time in the introduction the the whole epistle of saint peter is about what in one word hope hope right hope in time again that's what we were saying that is very very relevant to our day and age right now because you know we all need that hope right we all need that hope Actually, I'm going to do today a little bit, start with something different. I'm going to start with a few statements. And I want you to tell me, want you to tell me, you know, what do you think of those statements? Are they true or not? Why, if they're true and why they're not? And do we really believe in it if it's true or not? First statement that I came across was, while there's life, there's hope. While there is life, there is hope. As long as we are living, there is always hope. True or wrong or false? True, true, okay. Any condition? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So as long as we're living here, if we wanna take it from that, you know, salvific view that as long as we are living here there's always hope right but also if we take it from 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 strict uh, um, secular mindset it might be not true all the time right because we don't know what life is going to bring right so if you look at it away from the scriptures right while there is life there is hope Hmm? Doubtful, doubtful. Why is it doubtful? Because we're on our own, right? So I don't know what's what's tomorrow. So I don't know if I, it's really going to be hopeful or not, right? So it depends on how we look at it. Depends on how we look at it. Okay, just keep this in mind. Another statement: It is not the fact of life that determines hope, but the faith of life. It is not the fact of life that determines hope, but the faith of life not the fact of life meaning it's not what i'm going through it's not the facts the actual thing but it's what faith true or false yes yes true right? again if the faith is not really there like not again <laughs> well again you're talking about talking and comparing between facts and between faith between things seen things you can actually think about and grasp and determine and between something that is faith, the unseen, right? Right. 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 But here again, but the faith of life, which again, we can take this also in a very, very secular way. The faith of life, like the faith that I can do things, right? Not necessarily, again, within the realm of spirituality, right? But I have faith in myself, right? And that's why I hope that tomorrow I'm going to ace that exam, for example, right? But then, if not, so, again, just something to think about, right? Another statement. Actually, this is written by, by uh, um, 
writer called H.L. Mencken, who defined hope as following. Look at this, listen to this. He defined hope as following. Hope is a pathological belief in the occurrence of the impossible. Pathological belief in the occurrence of the impossible. Is that a hopeful statement? <laughs> what kind of definition is this? And do we sometimes think this way? When you hear pathological, meaning what? Disease. <laughs> do we think this way sometimes or not? And why? Right. So how many times, you know, you're going through hard time or hardships or something, and then, well, we'll just have hope. And just, we're just saying it to do what? Kind of to, to numb our anxiety. <laughs> but do we really have hope? So in that way, you know, according to a writer like this, it's a pathological <laughs> belief in the occurrence of the impossible, just something, it's not, not, it's not healthy, even if it's a disease. Another way, yes. If we actually, if, if you're hoping on things that are not really the right thing, then it's it just again you're you're trying to 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 maybe uh, numb your feelings or your 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 whatever in order to try to deal with it. Why am I doing those? Why? What am I doing this? Why am I bringing all those statements and just kind of like you know. Uh, you know, some of them, again, it depends on how we look at it. Some, some of it depends on how we feel. <laughs> but what do you think, you know, the importance of, of just looking and hearing statements, statements like this while we're studying the epistle of hope? Because of what? Uh, actually, to know the, 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 the proper definition, though. Hmm? And uh, I think uh, Paul, some Paul uh, uh, defined when he calls the the the, the hope which is seen is not hope, but we hope for nothing for something which Unseen. cannot see. Right. Right. Uh, yes. Thank you, Doctor Samir. So we're we're saying this in order again to to challenge ourselves and see exactly what is it. What is it? especially when you read First Peter one three where it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a what." A living hope. hope, a living hope. That means that there is living hope and what? Yeah, right. As St. Paul said, like this is, that was the theme for last year, right? Better hope. That means there is a hope and there is better hope, right? So as you're saying now that when, when, we, when we hear and we look at this verse saying that to a living hope, that means that there could be a hope that is what? Is there a hope that is dead? What kind of hope would that be? Again, what, what those statements could be, right? Remember again, two things. Number one, St. Peter is, is, is writing this to people who are in already under tribulation, under persecution, under pressure. And remember also, as we always said from the beginning, we would never and we should never forget the writer himself, right? Why? He? 
because of what he went through, right? Because of what he what what he went through. He denied three times, right? And he would never forget that look when, when the Lord looked at him, right? And he never forget that he appeared to him in person. And never forget that he restored him one more time, right? So that to him, that, that is hope. That is hope. Somebody that was denying, right? And became what? Totally the opposite, total transformation. So for him, he would never, he would never forget this, right? You'll never forget this. That's why he's talking to them here about something that is very, very important, which is what, again, understanding that there is what? There is a living hope, a living hope. Right? If we look throughout the, old, the, 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 the scripture itself, actually, notice three things that we can also look at. In the Old Testament, in, in Jeremiah 14, it, he talks about God as the hope of Israel. The hope of Israel. Jeremiah is saying in 14.8 that he is the hope of Israel. What does that mean? In what context he was talking about this? The captivity. The captivity. There is a hope that they will be all what brought back again from captivity, from being all over the place and back again to their home, right? So hope from actual physical challenge. You go into, into uh, um, the New Testament, specifically 1 Timothy 1 and verse 1, Paul introducing himself saying, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. hope. Our hope. So here, St. Paul is, is doing what? Closing in, zooming in so much into actual what is hope, which is what? Christ Jesus. Why he was saying that? Why he was saying not defining, not defining hope as something related to Christ, but defining hope as Christ himself, right? Why is that, do you think? From his view and for us also, what does it mean that to, 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 by the command of God, our Savior, and of, of Christ Jesus, our hope. Our hope. Based on what? What did St. Paul go through? Was Paul going through and going by the law? Right, yes. Every single thing. Every single thing. He goes like, I am a Pharisee from what? So and so and so and so, right? That, did that law give him any kind of hope? No. no. We're saying, as you read the, the tradition, it says that he, was, he had almost 650 rules to obey. <laughs> the law and then the, the what, what he called the, 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 the uh, walls that they put, the Pharisees put more and more, and the, the, the more and more of the, of the, of the uh, man-made tradition, all those things that they did beyond even the law itself in order to be what? To be righteous, right? But to him, that never brought any hope. Never brought any hope, right? Till he met the Lord himself, right? So that's why he's saying that I am apostle by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. 
But then there is another thing also that the, that the scripture talks about to those who are away from that. In Ephesians 2.12, St. Paul is saying, Ephesians 2.12, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. At that time, which is what, what time he's talking about? Before? Before? Before Christ. Before being his people, right? Before living, before being born again, right? Before the resurrection. He's talking to them. Remember, that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope. <laughs> without hope. And without God in the world. Without hope and without God. So what hope is? Without hope. So all those things are very important to understand as we continue that study. Why? Because we need to actually, you know, as you know, a lot of times you you you, you say that word, and we're not really quite sure what does hope mean, right? What is it personally for me? What is it? Am I just hoping that things are gonna get better? Am I just hoping of a better job, better car, better whatever? <laughs> or something different, or something more than that? That's again, it's a living hope. That's why it goes, it's a living hope. And we'll talk about this more and more here, right? Another thing from the, from the text itself, if you paid attention to the text itself, that he links the hope to something very, very important. And a lot of times we are not really living it. Let's read it again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So here he's linking the living hope to what? The resurrection. Resurrection. The resurrection. That's another whole huge big thing, right? Again, well, he resurrected from the dead and he came back again. Okay, but you know what does that? What 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 is it for me? What is the resurrection for me? Is it the end of the fast that we're gonna eat? <laughs> is it the bunny? <laughs> is it the eggs? Is it what is it? <laughs> what is the resurrection? Our salvation, our hope. Why hope? Because that is through the resurrection, he 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 declared what that there is no power of death. Is this hopeful? Hundred percent. Is this the living hope? Yes. But is that the living hope for everybody? No. Why not? Why not? If they or if we don't believe again, if the, if the if the if the understanding and the idea of the resurrection is not really clear in our mind, we don't understand what is it. Well, he gave us power over death. Like, so what? <laughs> I'm still scared of death. I'm still attached to this world. I still don't want to. You know, if if I hear you, we just had the the movie downstairs, right? Right. If somebody comes to me and said, "Okay, you know what?" You know, I had a dream and you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> is this something that is backed up with all the hope? <laughs> or it's a nightmare, it's a terror. That's why, again, remember, St. Peter is talking to people who are in the midst of the tribulation. And he's saying, you know what, don't worry about that because there is what? A living hope. That living hope is based on what? On the resurrection, on the resurrection, 
And I think it's very, very important for all of us to really define the meaning of the resurrection to me and to us as a church, as a member, as a body of Christ. What is that? That's why, again, the day of the Lord is what? Sunday. That's why in our tradition, away from the two months of, of, the, of, the, of the nativity and of the Lent, every reading of the gospel of, of matins, of, of the, the morning prayers, is a part of the passage of what? Resurrection. On Sunday, it's a passage of the resurrection. Every time we're here, except for two months, two or three months per year. Three months per year. Every single morning, we come early, supposedly. We hear the message that, you know what? The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. So that's why St. Peter here is bringing it to, 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 to something very, very, very important. Again, it said, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to, born, to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's, let's, let's get practical. Why, why, again, you know, number one, why the resurrection is not quite clear in our mind. Number two, why we are not really living in that hope of the resurrection, right? Why? Why do you look at the resurrection as just an event that happened? And yes, it's a fact, yes, it's an event, but am I living? The resurrection every day or not? Why do you think that is? Say again, Drea. Okay, okay. So it's beyond our understanding. So we really don't take the time to actually get deep into it and contemplate about it. Okay, I like that. What else? Look at the text itself, the flow of the text, as I always say, right? Again, when he says verse three after two, that, that is for a reason, right? Why didn't he say, blessed be the gods in verb, that would be verse two and then verse three, according to the foreknowledge and the sanctification. Why is that? We know and we believe that every single word and single way it is written is for a reason, right? So let me challenge you and challenge myself. Why is here two before three and not three before two <laughs> if that makes any sense just, I, there is no right answer or wrong answer just just challenging myself and challenging you so if you have something on your mind go ahead and say it okay Okay, so two is the general summar summarizing of, of, of what's happening, and three is 
¿Ok? Based on what? Based on what? Okay, okay. The Holy Spirit, yes. Yes. Back again to the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. Yes. Sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Right. For several reasons. Number one, for the actual fact that the Holy Spirit did not come down until after what? The resurrection. Right? So the fact itself that if there is no resurrection, there is no ascension. And that's what he said. You know, as I will ascend, don't worry, don't be sad because, because I'm going, but I will send you my comforter. So as a fact, that's that's what happened. And as, as a work, the work of the Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us of what? Of the of the resurrection. Of the resurrection. Right. And that's why in, in, in the Orthodox tradition, when we say every morning is what? Is a reminder of the resurrection, right? That's why when we say the midnight praises, arise, the children of light, right? Tantheno, arise, the children of light, arise, right? So the work of the Holy Spirit is giving us that resurrection, the hope of the resurrection, right? So back again, you know, one back again to my question: Why, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit really is not fully Right? Kindled, right? Back again to St. Paul, and it says, do not quench the spirit and do not what grieve the spirit. So if the resurrection is not really clear in my life, I think I need to go back again and see, you know, what is grieving the spirit? What is grieving the spirit? Right? What why is the spirit is not quenched? Because if the spirit is quenched, definitely the spirit will remind me of, of that. Yes, go ahead. As, as an actual yeah. fact, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, but that, that, that's, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does. It just kind of like stimulates our mind also in order to continue to, to link to that, right? When we pray in the morning, again, everything, like when, if, I, if I start my day, my day in, in prayer and by prayer, just a very simple thing, right? Instead of rushing, instead of just leaving to our work and to our business or to our anything and not taking just that few moments in the morning, right? To understand that, you know, the light that's coming is that light of resurrection, right? That will, that will set the day in a different tone, right? But if I am just like, again, I'm just like, okay, oh, it's just another day. And you know what? I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. Most is going to be bad. And I have too many challenges and too many things. And I just hate work and I hate my job and I hate my life. Hate everything. What kind of resurrection are we talking about? We are reminding ourselves always of the death, not the resurrection. And that's why if you want to talk about hope, like what hope are you talking about? One of the fathers says something that's very, very beautiful. Says, listen to this. When that death was overcome by his resurrection, he offered it to us as a model which might give us hope of rising again ourselves. 
when that death was overcome by his resurrection, he offered it to us. What is it? Resurrection. When that death was overcome by his resurrection, he offered it to us. He offered resurrection to us as a model which might give us hope of rising again ourselves. Giving us resurrection as a model. What does that mean? Yes. Yes. But that's what St. Paul says, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that's in you, right? So I can't say, well, that was him, not me. I cannot say that, right? And in our faith, when we, when we unite with him through the Eucharist, through the body and blood, we are one with him, right? So the same Christ that risen from that is, that's why here it says that he gave us a model he offered it, offered resurrection to us as a model, right? And that is why when we fall, we come back again, right? That's why Micah 7, again, you know, 7, 18 and 19, right? And 7, 7, Micah 7, 7 and 8. Do not, do not rejoice over me, oh my, or sin, right? Because when I fall, I will rise. And that is another way we continue. Again, well, how many times say, well, it's too hard. You know, how many times I'm, I'm trying and I'm trying, I'm trying, and I'm still where I'm at or I'm going backward and there's no point of this. Just stop. We are struggling without having the hope of the resurrection. But he said that he gave us the resurrection as a model. He offered it to us as a model, which might give us hope of rising again ourselves, of rising again ourselves. For he died in order that we should no longer be afraid of death. And he rose again so that we might have a hope of rising again through him. Through him. So we are not what separated from him. And that's what makes us different. That we are not separated from him. Again, the idea of well, God is somewhere up there and he is hard to reach, I have no idea if even he is listening to me or not, or how can I reach him? As we said, we were reading this yesterday and Friday, right? The word is what? In your mouth. Don't say, how can I reach the word? Don't say, should I go up, right? Or go down to the depth of the sea? Because the word is close, not close, it's in, it's in your mouth, it's in your mouth. So when, when back again to the text here, when St. Peter is talking to the people and said, blessed be God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That whole, that whole verse is, is everything. Is everything. Right? The hope, the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And he says from the dead, not just resurrection and just leave it like this. No, right? Resurrection from the dead. It's, it's a fact. It's reality. It's a reality. I think it's up to us whether we really remind ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to remind us every day that we are waking up and we have that model. We have that model. I mean, it's, it's written here beautifully. Given us as a model which might give us hope of rising again ourselves. 
raising ourselves again. So every time I'm down, every time I said, here I go again, every time that you know, there is no hope of this, every time I said, you know, you know, it's very hard to live as a Christian, every time I go out in the street and see all the peer pressure and all the people and all the whatever, I have to remember, but what I have is what? The hope of the, of the resurrection as a model, as a model. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Any any thoughts or, or, or questions or comments about this before I move on to something else? Yes, go ahead, David. The action. Yes. Yes. That's a great question, David. So, so the, there's something that I was reading as I was preparing this, and I, I, I'll share it with you. It says, hope does not mean sitting in a rocking chair, <laughs> complacent. But it means that we are in the battlefield. Moving, right? Because again, as you're saying, yes, the spirit will give us a new heart. The spirit, we, we are born again, according to the scripture here. We are born again, right? But as a born again child, what should I do? What should I do? I think the, the answer to that is, is, is I, I always say it's as simple as what the Lord said that I am the vine and you are the branches. As simple as that. A branch that is not attached to the vine, what will happen to it? Right? And then actually that's what he talks about later on in a way. As simple as that. Keep attached to the vine. Stay attached to the vine. How? Through everything. Through everything. That is the problem when we start to, again, the word that I don't know how to say it, compartmentalize our relationship with Christ. Right? Right? Okay. Again, it's a Sunday. Okay, I'll be here for an hour. Well, two hours, two hours and a half, an hour liturgy. Right? <laughs> or, again, I'll be here and I'm serving whenever or I'm going whatever. Or, right? And then what is the rest of the week? Or not even Sunday. I compartmentalize my day. So I take five or ten minutes in the morning to pray. Very good. Wonderful. Okay? And then go out and about and do everything. And I'm totally disconnected and totally into everything and distracted and cussing and hussing and doing everything. Right? And then, okay, I'm going to go at night and then I'll read my Bible. Okay, very good. What happened from the morning to the night? Right? Is there... According to this text here, is this the spirit still working? Right? Is the spirit still sanctifying? 
That's the word I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> is the spirit still sanctifying or not? It is continuous. It is continuous, right? So big part of our problem is we, 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 we look at, at our life as compartments, as our relationship as compartments, right? Yes, Albi. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. That's my choice, whether I use the Jesus prayer, right? My Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner, or not. As we learn and as we, we know from the church fathers from the early, early centuries, that they used to do this to the point that every breath they take in and out, they mention the name of the Lord. And that's very biblical. There is no other name by him we, there will be, we will be saved other than the name of Jesus, right? So they re recognize this. Here they are and they are, they are worshiping or they are working and they find themselves, their mind is totally open, wide open to everything else. So how can I control? How can I bring that mind back again? As you said before, sinking the mind with the heart, that the whole body becomes a heart is by mentioning the name of the Lord, right? But again, as, as, as simple as that, it's very hard to do it, unless I'm intentional about it. I probably said this before. Again, since, okay, I'll just ask the same question again here that I always ask. Since we started till now, how many of us mentioned or remembered the name of the Lord with a short prayer? We were just praying the, the, the Vespers, okay, beside the Vespers. <laughs> right? Since I started from 7 to 741. Am I intentional about actually just taking a second and lifting up my mind and my heart, my Lord Jesus Christ, help me? Or not? So that's what we do, right? And that's what will spirit do in us when the spirit will remind me, right? Again, I always say, we never think before breathing, right? Right? We breathe what? Naturally. Why? That's how it is, right? If we don't, we feel there is something that, okay, I need to breathe, right? But we don't think. Right? That's what he's talking about here, that we are born again. That, that character of that new birth is a person that is what? Depending 100% on Christ. But the problem is, again, when we are so much occupied by everything else, that's why I forgot that I need to live by him. And I try to and I start to depend on other things to live by. And the problem is we can, in a way, still be living, but we're not living. Right? So like what's missing? But you know, you know, we're talking about this yesterday. Again, from Friday to Friday Bible study, you know, the whole week goes by so fast. Or here, from Saturday to Saturday Bible study. Okay, when I was beautiful Bible study last week, but you know what? I know it's it's already Saturday today. Okay. Have we thought about what we talked about? Have we applied it? Have we put any intention to do this? Well, you know, life is so busy, just like the pace is crazy, ridiculous, and I don't have any time. It's a choice. It's a choice. We choose to go to certain places. We choose to spend the time in certain ways. We choose to do certain things, right? But because again, the hope of the resurrection is not on our mind, then we don't choose it. 
especially again when we know and we feel and we think that we are still what living <laughs> yes yes the mind to the heart it's 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 more a philosophical thing you know from the greek when they say the newest and OUS, the nose is the heart and the mind together, right? And sometimes they don't differentiate it. But the problem is when the heart is the heart, what is the heart? The heart is the center of where God is, right? The mind is what I am thinking, right? The battle, everything. So the problem is, yes, God is in my heart, but the mind is what? It's all over the place, right? In a very simple way, the mind is all over the place. So the idea is to sink the mind to the heart, meaning to bring that's exactly what St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, right? Capturing every thought to the obedience of the knowledge of Christ. So when I capture every, every thought, when I capture every thought to the obedience of the knowledge of Christ, the heart becomes what? Or the mind becomes what? No, no, no. The heart is the center where God is, right? That's according to the, to the fathers, at least not according to me. <laughs> is it clear? Yeah. Again, God is in the heart, supposed to be in the heart. Give me your heart. That's what he said, give me your heart. Right? But then the mind is all over the world, all over the place. So as I'm saying the Jesus prayer, for example, as I'm intentionally thinking, as I'm allowing the spirit and listening to the word, to the voice of the spirit in my heart, in my, in my heart, in my really, in myself, then I bring those thoughts to the what? Yes. I have a question, Shay? Okay. <laughs> Let's have a question. Yeah. And that is why here, again, he's saying this, that that's why he's saying that he is specifically saying to the, to the hey, he has caused us to be born again. He has caused us to be born again. So born again, meaning what? There is a new, based on what? Based on that spirit, right? When, when, when the Lord was talking to Nicodemus, remember? And he told him that you have to go back again. And then how can I be born again while I'm, right? And then he said, what? From the? Spirit, right? The spirit. So a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, from the, from the dead. The rest of the passage, actually, just to give you an idea also, so we're not, we're not all over the place. We're not like, okay, I, I lost you. What are we doing? You know, the, the rest of the, of the, of the, uh, chapter talks about 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 three things based on that born again. So in verse five, he says something very important. Let's let's uh, uh, go back for one for one 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 thing. Sorry, talking about four four things. We are born for what? Number number one, we are born for what? In verse four, it says to an inheritance. So you are born again for the inheritance, for the glory. Okay. Okay. So well, again, the same thing that we see and say over and over and over again that it is hard to do that. So look at verse five. I'm just going to go through it and then you know we'll, we'll we'll take it more and more. Verse five it says, "Who by God's power are being guarded through faith." for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So that, that glory or that new birth is being what? According to verse five, being guarded, being guarded 
by whom? God's power. Okay. So born again for glory. We are kept or guarded for the glory. In, in, in six and seven talks about different aspect of that, which is what? In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor. So here, what is he talking about to that glory? The, the testing and the trials as, uh, to, to do what? To prepare us for the glory, right? So we were born for the glory, we're kept for the glory, we're prepared for the glory, right? And then in verses eight and 12, uh, from eight to 12 at the end, he talks about something that's very, very, very also practical, that it is what we are to enjoy living that glory from now, from here. When he says in verse 12, it was revealed to them, again, 11 and 12, inquiring what person or time the spirit, Christ, the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news. So now these things have been announced. The glory has been announced. Now we have what an opportunity to what? To live the glory from now, to live the glory from now. And this is something that's very, very important and very, very orthodox also, to be honest with you. When we talk about living the glory from now, I'm not just waiting for something. Yes, the whole the glory is when, 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 when that will happen. But God is giving us what? A taste of that glory from now, right? When we come in his presence, when we read the scripture, when we attend the service and we know that he, we are in his presence, when we unite with him through the Eucharist, through his body and blood, right? As we say that we are, that's why during the liturgy, one of the things that we always, always repeat is what? Pertaining to this particular point. One of many things that we repeat, <laughs> let me be clear. Lord have mercy is one thing, but what else pertaining to this? Thank you, Dr. Singh. That's why when we say it in Greek, doxa, doxa, glory. We always pray, glory be to God, right? Now and forever to the ages, now and forever. So glory be to God, where? Now. So the, when, we, when we attend the service, and if we are paying attention, understanding what we're saying, right? That's why we repeat, glory be to God, glory be to God, doxa, patri. Doxa, the, the glory is to him. Right. So those things are very, very important. That's why, again, that hope is for the glory. And how are we prepared to live that? Because we are born again for the glory. We are guarded for the glory. We are prepared for the glory. And we are to taste and enjoy the glory from now. From now. And if you think this way, okay, if you think of the relationship with God this way, and again, you think of the, 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 the struggles that we go through as Christians. Genius. Which one will be stronger? Right? It's always have you wait on what to live as a Christian. 
very heavy. I have to do this, I have to do that, I cannot do this, right? Because we're not seeing what? The glory. And that's why we say Christianity is never about do's and don'ts. It's never about that. Right? It's about changing. So it's about being born again. It's, being about, it's about being sanctified by the Spirit. Right? And when I'm sanctified by the Spirit, I will actually, again, be able to go through the struggle. I will look at all the tribulation and the struggle that we, as it says here, that it is what it is something to prepare me, right, for the glory. I think one of the, and that's why when we talk about, about the, 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 the function of the Holy Spirit in us, it's because one of the things the Holy Spirit does is what is give us what? Elimination, right? We start to see. The things that we cannot see with our own regular eyes, we can see it with the eyes of the heart as we pray. Open the eyes of our understanding. Open the eyes of our understanding. But again, if we are so much into everything that we are doing and so busy and so consumed and just like, okay, let me just do whatever I can do so I can feel good about it. Here I am, I'm doing my dues. We're not never going to see any glory. Yes, Elbir. Right. Yes. So when we start to look at the, tribu the tribulation and, the, and, the, and all those, you know, uh, trials that we go through, and it's something really just, okay, without looking at the full picture, right? Without looking at the hope and without looking at the glory, without looking at, at, at the, the love, then it becomes something that will grieve the heart. And we'll never do that. We'll see anything else. We'll never see anything else. It's, it's something to actually, as, as I say, it's something for all of us to, to experience and to, to live, right? And But first of all, something to understand. Because again, remember, St. Peter here is giving a letter to people who are struggling, right? And he's, he's, for what reason? To strengthen them and to encourage them. There is no other way to encourage a person instead of just, hey, be, be strong. No. Remember, understand. Look at the full picture, right? Who are you? You are living in exile, as we talked about it in the first. You are chosen. You are living by hope, by not just any hope, like living hope from the resurrection itself, right? When you start to look at this from, from, from take a step back and just looking at the whole thing and understanding what this life is all about, right? I was reading something in this particular verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to living hope through the resurrection of Christ. Have you ever asked yourself, like, why did God even create me? Why am I born? <laughs> why am I doing this world here? Right? What is the purpose? Right? All I can see is trouble and struggle. And all I can see is this and that. And like, why am I even here? Right? When you read this, this, this particular verse, 
Doesn't it answer the question? Supposedly. <laughs> You're born again for hope, living hope. What hope for a glory? What kind of glory? We'll talk about next time because there is no time today. That the, the hope that or the inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you. We can look at this in, in two ways. Very good words, very unrelated to us, very not real, and it doesn't mean anything to me. Or say, yes, this is the word of God. Amen to that. And Lord, help me to really live that. Again, it's my choice. Whether I say, or this doesn't mean anything to me, you know, you don't know what I'm going through right now. <laughs> or I've tried it before and never worked. I can say, yes, no, this is the word. This is the living word of God. The living word that all the history proved that it is right. The history from the time of Christ till now, again, just a few days ago, as a Coptic Orthodox Church, we celebrated the, we said, what, the seventh anniversary of the 21 martyrs of Libya, right? People who were kidnapped during ISIS, right? And stayed there for nobody knows how many months trying to, 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 to push them to deny the Lord, right? Very pure, very simple people who are just there to work, right? And at the end of the day, they slaughtered them in front of the whole world. But for them, that, 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 that hope was very, very living hope. You've seen their, you've seen the video, seen the pictures, you've seen their the look that's on their eyes, right? Gazing to the unseen as they can see something real in front of them. Not as they were seeing something real. Again, it's not imagination. It's not just again pathological, you know, <laughs> pathological feeling to just make things. No. That is the proof, right? That is the proof. All of us, each one of us, I'm sure have, has a moment that we know like God is real. I know he worked with me in this particular thing. He got me out of this. He showed me himself in this. I was in the depth of everything of like hit, you know, the worst point of my life, but he came through and I was able to do. I'm sure we all have those moments, but you just do what? We just forget them. Or we say, well, it's just a coincidence. It's not, it's not him, it's somebody else. You know. Or it's me, I was good. I was able to go through and I was able to, to do whatever. Because no, that's, that's not, that's, that's him. That is him. That's why, again, he, he, he continues to say, okay, you are born again for living hope based on the resurrection. For what? For an inheritance that is what? Imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you. Why do you think, maybe last question since we have two minutes, why do you think he's, he's expressing this in the negative way? Yes, yes. By this he's saying that everything else is the opposite because that's what we're holding on to. We're holding to perishable, we're holding to defiled, we're holding to fading. So by just saying in, in, in the Greek, it's the, 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 the A, which is the, the negation of the word, right? 
amianton, for example, or amiantos, undefiled. So the A in the beginning of the word is the negation of the word, right? Is the negative. So he's saying that this is what you are looking at, but this is what is preserved and guarded and kept for you, right? So bringing the negative, he's, he's, he's stressing the point that this is every other not living hope and every other inheritance that you are working on and every other hope that you have away from the resurrection of Christ. And just one letter you know, denies everything. That's why he talks about that this is, this is inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Let's just stop at this point. We'll talk about this verse more and more. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing um, text that is, that is for us to live it and to believe in it. Again, if, if, we, if we get something out of this whole hour today is the idea again of what is the resurrection for me? Is it really a reason for me to have a living hope or not? Am I reminding myself every morning when I wake up in the morning that this is, again, as, as it said here, a model that is given for us to what? To raise ourselves by his power, right? What is that? And how does that really make our day really practically different? One thing, what is the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection? And number two, what does it mean for us to be born again? What does it mean for us to be born again? What does it mean? It has, it has lots of, 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 uh, of uh, perks <laughs> and lots of responsibilities also to live as a born again. May God give us that uh, eyes that can see the unseen see the living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And uh, as we continue to do this, again, remember those four things that uh, we are born for the glory, we are kept for the glory, we are prepared for the glory, and we are what? Last one. Living to enjoy the glory from now, from now. God bless. We'll uh, stop at this point and, and, uh, and continue next uh, Saturday. God willing. So let's pray together. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Hear us, Lord, when we pray to you as you taught us, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as we pray. Give us this day. Forgive us our trespasses, and forgive those who trespass against us. Give us our temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our thank power, now forever. May the love of God, the Father, give us his only begotten Son, the King, and the Holy Spirit with you. Go in peace. Peace be with you all and have a good night, everyone. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.